Welcome to the Second Success Podcast by Dr. Rakesh Rana, the Clear Coach. Getting clear on the mindset for repeatable success. Hello and welcome to the Second Success Podcast. I'm Dr. Rakesh Rana, the Clear Coach. And today we have with us a good friend of mine, Javid Lahir. He is a tech entrepreneur and he introduced a food app to the UK market that's going to look to disrupt what's going on. So more from him later. So, well, I'm three weeks into my health journey. Uh, I did say that I'd uh, bring it up again. So three weeks in, um, daily exercise, um, doing between, well, I was doing up to 10,000 steps a day. Now that's ramped up to 12,000 steps. And um, and the food as well, you know, sticking to a, uh, a balanced diet, calorie deficit, low carbohydrate. And I must admit, it has been working, you know, so the weight's dropping, the fat uh, body fat index is dropping as well, and all the stats are going in the right direction. So let's see how long I can keep this up. But uh, yes, uh, the clothes are starting to fit better. Uh, I'm feeling a lot better, lots of more energy, and um, yeah, lots less, less ailments too. And I must admit, the whole process takes me back to the time I used to train for Tough Mudder Runs a few years back. And it is a process. And with anything that I work with my coaching clients, this is not too dissimilar. Uh, a process to follow, um, confidence and motivation from seeing some of the results early on. And, they, you know, there's days that are challenging, but then thinking of the stronger purpose and the why uh, for the reasons I'm actually doing it. So that keeps you going. A few more weeks and, you no, know, let's see, I'll hopefully be getting the success that I've been working towards. So on to today's guest. Um, Javid is a London-based tech professional with over 15 years of experience working for the biggest companies in the world, which include Microsoft, Amazon and IBM. With an undergraduate degree in business management with computing, as well as a postgraduate MBA from Brunel University in London, he also studied at Harvard University in Boston, USA to achieve a certificate in strategic business management. He's launched a disruptive food app into the UK market and has been called a, dis a disruptor in the food tech space by Authority Magazine, which features in multiple articles for his creation. He's also started a podcast on YouTube called Suits and Tracksuits, where he shares more about mindset, positivity and resilience. Javid has a very charitable nature and was invited to Buckingham Palace for an exclusive dinner as part of his support for the British Asian Trust Charity, through which he had the pleasure of meeting Prince Charles and the Duchess of Cornwall, Camilla. Let's hear what he has to say. Hello, Javid, and welcome to the Second Success Podcast. Thank you, Dr. Rakesh, for having me. Thank you, thank you. Um, do you know what? Um, bit of a rush head-on at the moment. It's been a bit of a manic day, and you know, whoever's listening to this right now probably doesn't realise that we're doing this interview on an evening, and literally I've been manically cooking dinner for the family, getting it served up, making sure they eat before I got onto this to record this. So it's... Uh, so if I've got this uh, rushed feeling in my voice, that's probably what it is. So but I'll be calm. I'm going to let you do a lot of talking. So, and again, thank you for joining. Um, as I introduced you, um, I talked about how your background in, in a corporate world and now you're in that entrepreneurial field. But before we go into that and the mindset that you've you know, created, adapted, um, what I'd like to hear and what I'd want the listeners to hear from is, you know, how did you achieve your first success? Let's just go back, really. Yeah, sure. So by way of background, you know, I've got a very ordinary sort of upbringing, grew up in South London in Kennington, um, went to a 
inner city school, lots of fun, a little bit rough, but very sort of character building, let's say. Mm -hmm. And I'd always been determined. I'd always been determined to do extra things. And every year I decided to do one thing extra. So whether that's volunteering, helping in a charity, learning a new skill. I even tried to learn Chinese at one point, which I say I wasn't successful with. Um, (laughs) Actually, before you carry on, where, where did you get the determination from? Most people aren't determined. You know, where does that come from? I think it came from an expectation. I think one of my uncles told me once, he goes, you're going to be a smart boy. I said, right, I have to live up to this. Yep. Okay. <laughs> and it was that family expectation and someone seeded it in my head. And once they'd said that, I was like, right, okay. Because I had a lot of interest in cars at a young age. Mm-hmm. So I'd always show interest in how the mechanics work, how the system, you know, sort of the engine works. And through that, they noticed that I paid a lot of attention to detail. Mm-hmm. And from then it led to the educational path. So I did my... Um, undergraduate at Brunel, did a postgraduate MBA at Brunel, and then more, more recently I went to Harvard in Boston to do a, a strategic business management certification there as well. And in terms of bringing it back to the corporate world, at Microsoft I've had a few successes, and I think my best success was when a client wrote to the CEO at the time, who was a guy called Steve Balmer, this was before mm, Sachin Adela, yeah. Um, who's actually one of Bill Gates's very close affiliates and original Microsofties, let's say. Uh, and they gave him feedback about me saying, you know, this guy's doing a great job in the UK, just wanted to shout him out. Um, and basically it came down the ranks. So it went from the US down to the European level, down to the UK level. And it, I got presented with an award for that in wow. front of my colleagues. And it caught me by surprise because for me, I was just, you know, wanting to make sure my clients were okay, making sure mm-hmm. the business I was working on was growing, flourishing, um, and taking people on a journey with you. And I, I've always treated my customers and partners as, you know, we're in the same team. Yeah. And I think that, that led to the success in that instance. But I think a lot of it came down to wanting to be successful in okay. that role as well. What do you think you did really right to have been able to achieve that recognition? I think it's taking it back to basics. I think it's not complicating things. And there was a course I did actually called Brilliant at, Brilliance at the Basics by a guy called Nicholas Bates. Um, and it was just being human first. I think, you know, when, we, when we're in these environments, whether it's selling and, you know, whatever environment we're mm. in, we're always sort of selling, right? If it, whether it's our personality or an item or a service or our time, we're always selling. And I think the, the biggest thing for me, which has been a learning point is knowing that people are humans first before mm. they're consumers and customers and whatever else. And I think when we take it back to that level and have that connection and that ultimate authentic connection, the rest gets easier mm-hmm. because then you're doing business with friends and then you're enjoying that time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's, it's business without calling it business. Yeah. Um, then you're trying to find a solution and then you're putting yourself in the, in the shoes of that other person. So for me, what, what I do, you know, on the empathy part of things, you know, and actually that, word does have a lot of meaning around you know the softer skills but also placing yourself in that person's mindset in terms of what are their goals what are they trying to achieve what will Mm. make them look good in their business understanding success um for them and making sure they're as successful as they can be yeah and you leverage or myself leverage my network as best as i can to make sure that happens um so i think it was a case of that where i brought in you know different teams so microsoft naturally has a you know legal team um the technical team in terms of technical support, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And just making sure they had an all-rounded um, hand in it and making sure I was a go-to person for them to, to make that happen. Wow. I was going to say, in the time I've known you, what, a couple of years now, probably a little bit longer, that um, we've never really talked work as such. It's always been 
at a human more of a human level as in what's going on how are you you know it's it's always been around that to be honest it's only i guess recently that covid's had a chance for us to explore what each other do and for me you know especially following you on the social media now that we can't meet up just seeing what you've been doing uh it's just shown me so much diversity in what you do so i guess okay look you did the microsoft you did the recognition bit why not climb the ladder there so look, I think the first thing to mention is big companies are great, mm. but when you're super ambitious, you know, you are in a corporate ladder, which takes years to climb. There is a lot of loyal. But hadn't you already fulfilled your uncles and parents like wishes that, wow, you're working at Microsoft and what more were there, you know, where, you know, so we're going back to that determination. So mm. was that still driving you or has that not been satiated in any way? So that was, you know, whenever you tell anyone who, that you work for Microsoft, it's like, oh, you work for Microsoft, <laughs> you know, they automatically know, think you know everything about computers, first of all. Yep. Uh, secondly, they assume you've met Bill Gates um, and that you spend a lot of time in the US, which I have seen Bill Gates. I've not met him. We were in the same mm-hmm. room. Uh, um, I've met Sachin Nadella and I've met Steve Baumler, but not personally Bill Gates. But yes, the family part was all great. Um, and I think personally, I, I'm driven. And for me, growth is an important thing. You know, I've worked for Amazon as well. I haven't really mentioned Amazon yet, but I've worked for, I guess, two of the richest men in the world, you know, two mm. companies which are both worth over a trillion dollars yeah. uh, and have made history in the last couple of years. So, you know, I'm quite fortunate to have that background. I was quite fortunate to be part of those teams. But as, as an individual, I think there was parts of me which felt that, look, there's more to life mm-hmm. in the sense of, I've always had an entrepreneurial mindset. When I was 16 or 17, I had a market store selling jewelry and handbags. I've always had part-time gigs. Um, And for me, I've always loved seeing trends and trying to predict the future. And I had a business idea, which I couldn't necessarily do whilst being employed by a tech company because of privacy clauses and various Mm -hmm. other things you're tied into in terms of contracts. So I thought, if I just take myself out of this world for a year or two, I'll focus on my thing. And then I can always go back to the industry, whether it's a different company or whatever, but at least I can fulfill my ambition of um, starting okay. my own app. And that's exactly what I did. Because mm-hmm. I was going to say, when we first met, that's when you'd literally just started the journey uh, mm-hmm. of looking into it. So tell us about it. Yeah, sure. So as part of my MBA, um, I combined my industry knowledge uh, in the computing space um, and the economics part of my degree and tried to make a bit of a prediction in terms of where the economy was going. So by background, I was in a Microsoft search business. I saw a lot of trends. I saw what people were searching for. I saw increases in verticals and decreases at the same time. And essentially I came to a conclusion and this was in 2018 or 2019. Uh, My conclusion was there's going to be quite a large number of jobs which are going to be lost to automation robots and artificial intelligence and then i said right okay what will people do how will they earn money and then as my research progressed you know there was a solution which was universal basic income which is universal credit and i thought right there's got to be another way for people to earn a bit more there must be a way to try something different and you know mine was a worst case scenario but i thought there'll be enough people will need this an opportunity to work Mm. who might not be able to have any other opportunity other than take that universal credit so for like, most people have a home and they have a kitchen and there's a lot of people from a lot of backgrounds who can cook great food. And I started seeing a few people posting food on WhatsApp and Instagram. So I said, why don't I create a marketplace for the home food sellers? 
And that's exactly what I did. So I went about it. I know nothing about apps other than being a user, right? So I'm not mm-hmm. a technical guy. You know, I'm a sales relationship guy. I'm a digital marketing guy, um, but I'm not a tech developer. So I started my journey just with a wireframe of a diagram of, right, I mm-hmm. want a food app. It's going to look like this. I want home sellers to be easy. You know, it's got to be easy. So if an auntie, let's say, as we traditionally yeah. say, an auntie was to sign up, it'd be easy for them and for consumers to be able to buy food from my app. Um, and fast forward a couple of years, you know, I'm building, it's still growing. Mm. Um, and it's had a lot of recognition for various reasons. So first, you know, I called out a recession a couple of years ago and I said, there's a recession coming like no other. And that's one of the reasons I'm building this. Mm-hmm. Second was I wanted to build something for people, which again, gives them the opportunity to earn a legitimate income from home. Um, and thirdly, I love authentic food myself. And I feel like people are missing out. You know, I feel I feel like people are being missold. For example, being from an Indian culture, I feel like people are being missold what Indian food is when they go to an average restaurant because that's not authentic food. And I guess the app just came at the right time, I guess, with everybody being at home, pretty much. You know, restaurants closed, only available for takeaway. And obviously we've seen an uprise in, you know, Deliveroo, Uber Eats and, you know, Just Eat, etc. So this is on par, essentially, what you're offering, really, rather than getting those deliveries, Provide it yourself. Absolutely. And it's quite funny when you messaged me, actually, when one of my chefs actually letterboxed people around the area in which you live. And he said, hey, I've just had this in my letterbox. And for me, that was such a satisfying thing. because, like, <laughs> brilliant. My chefs are getting out of there and there's more of that to come. And there's yeah, more that's work fantastic. to come. Um, but yeah, essentially, you know, that's, that's the space I'm competing. And in fact, I have, I have been invited to speak on a panel with Justy and Deliveroo about innovation in this space. And that's to okay. come at a restaurant and innovation show, which is scheduled for this year, pending lockdown okay. and various other things. Um, but, you know, to, to have a startup, which is going to be on stage mm. with the big guns, yeah. um, you know, for me, is, is quite a compliment. And for me, it's, you know, the potential of the app is obviously important. But the yeah. fact that I think the biggest thing for me was following my gut instinct yeah. working at it and again there's always room for improvement my app will continue to evolve and i'll have I'll, you know work to get more chefs and more mm-hmm. people downloading the app and getting it to a better quality but already based on the concept and what i've done so far to be invited on stage with as we call them the big guns yeah and me as a pretty much one person operation with a small team around me um it's quite a compliment so i'm quite excited about that and I would, I would guess those that are in the marketplace already aren't really a competition in any way because you're serving different markets. It's, you know, there's people that are always going to want restaurant. There's always people that want authentic. There's people that will always cook and make extra. And, you know, it's an opportunity for them to, you know, not I'm saying offload, but serve others in their community, in, in their locality. So what's, what's the likelihood of one of the big guns actually looking to buy you out or coming in on with you? Yeah, so that that's a great question. I think that's, you know, something I'd consider longer term. You know, yeah. I'd want a good run at it, get it yep. to a decent place. Um, because for me, it's that personal fulfillment that I'm getting out of this app, which I can't describe the feeling of. I think mm. when you work for a big company, you're already taking an accomplished brand further. Yeah. Um, you know, when I worked for Microsoft, they were already in the multi-million, if not billion space. Amazon, same thing, was on a huge growth trajectory. I'd want to be at a stage where my business is something I am happy with to hand over because it's my baby. It's a very personal thing. It's like my name's on this. I want to get this 
flying and then consider that so you know I, I wouldn't rule out that option in terms of acquisitions and in fact the few people I've spoken to have already said to me uh like so I've spoken to investors and they said look I can already see an exit for your app and that's three to five years and we can see if it's getting bought out um so yeah that you know that's a sort of um opportunities which will be there it, in terms of as a coach I guess the one thing I'm always exploring with my own clients is opportunity to explore opportunities. And as you're talking there, my mind's wondering, which really shouldn't, it should be focused on you. But for me, it's like, well, hold on, you know, you, you've got it here, but actually there's a, there's a global presence for that. That kind of an app should really be in every country, every city, every town, every village, because everybody makes food. Absolutely. And everyone's got to eat, right? Yeah, um, exactly. And I've already had interest from um, a colleague. So I've got a network out in the US mm-hmm. and um, a connection is in Hollywood. And he said, look, you know, I've got investors in Florida. The moment you decide you want to come to this region, you know, I've oh, already fantastic. got people lined up. Yeah. So, you know, just that reassurance from quite a credible network. Mm. Uh, that was fantastic to hear. Yeah. Um, but it's more so, you know, for me, it's when people buy into the concept of what I'm trying to do, that's the most satisfying thing awesome. for me. You know, it's great to know there's investors and stuff like that, but it's it's a concept um, and having a road to entry, you know, entry to market and mm. actually getting out of there and having a product live in the app stores. I think it's fantastic. I really do. And it's just the, for me, I, I just sit here fanboying, to be honest, knowing that I'm associated <laughs> with you and I know you. <laughs> oh, bless you. Thank you. Very when kind you like of you. Joe and you become one of those, you know, young billionaires, I'll be saying, yeah, I know him. He's, he's a friend of mine. <laughs> oh, bless <laughs> um, you. Thank you. But Javid, tell me though, you know, so, you know, from a young age, all this determination spurred on by your family, what are the traits made you successful in that corporate world and, and then have now taken you on to this entrepreneurial journey? I think there's a mix, you know, I think there's a, there's a few things at play here when I really think about it. Um, you know, the concept of positivity um, and having positive people around me, I think that was very important. Uh, again, family members would always be, you know, have a positive attitude. Nothing, you know, having, having good principles in a sense of nothing should be beneath us and being humble. Mm-hmm. So, you know, head, head in the clouds, but feet firmly on the ground and never to forget the roots. You know, I come from a very, my family comes from a very humble village in India, um, in Gujarat, so I do speak Gujarati. Um, and, you know, it's a very sort of humble background. Cool. Um, so, I, you know, it was a combination of things. So there's that background and it's a hardworking background. Like my granddad emigrated from India to Africa, a place called Malawi, then from Malawi to the UK, working mm-hmm. really hard. So that sort of uh, working hard mentality was always ingrained to us. Then I had the combination of growing up in South London, which is quite a rough if not brutal area to grow up in as a young guy um you know who wants to stay on a straight path and you've got all these options around you and especially in the 90s when i was growing up it was very rough but that also brought about a certain attitude within me i went to a school where you had to toughen up really quickly if you wanted to survive in that school a lot of people dropped out of a school because they couldn't keep up and you know you either sort of get washed away or you, you learn to swim um and, and I had to get on that. And I think that combination of that mentality of, you know, the cultural side of being ambitious, being positive, as well as the South London side of being, you know, hard, a, bit, a little bit hardcore, uh, you know, and that, you take that into the workplace and it can be, if used correctly, a good combination. Mm-hmm. Um, then it's a case of, you know, just making sure that we're engaged enough in that environment and that environment actually fulfills longer term goal and also knowing when the right time is to leave because I do feel like when you have a certain mindset 
there are expiry lines or expiry times on things you should be doing before you rotate and try to slice something new. Okay. Wow. And you know, you, you talk, you, you know, you mentioned you speak Gujarati and the reason I kind of laughed and I said, we'd come back to that is, and also, as I mentioned at the top of uh, when I introduced you and we were talking that you, through your social media channels, you'll see there's so much diversity. So, you know, okay, there's the app, there's your own personal account, there's the, the whole cars angles, you know, you've alluded to your interest in cars. You've, um, you're starting a new podcast yourself, um, mm-hmm. Suits and Tracksuits, if I've got the name. That's right. Suits and, suits tracksuits. and tracksuits. So actually, so just give us a couple of minutes on that. What's it about? What are we looking, what are we going to look forward to? Sure. So Suits and Tracksuits is something I'm really excited about and really proud about already seeing what we've done so far, purely because it's something we've wanted to do for a while for the new generation children, especially who've grown up in backgrounds where we're, we're, like myself and my co-host Dexter, um, who both grew up in the same area, went to the same school um, and came out, you know, went down two very different routes, but our messages are unified messages. It doesn't matter if you go down the education route or you go the entrepreneurial route and do your own thing you can be successful just work hard at it and that's our message in in terms of coming back together and I think the reason I'm so excited is it's after 25 years we've come back together and okay we want to inspire children um you know we see a lot of things around knife crime you know in Lambeth where where I live you know knife crime is rife there's kids who may not have role models who think you know what it's not even worth me trying it because why would someone like me get a job in a place like that? And that's where I come in and say, hey, look, if I can do it, you can do it. And that's where Dexter comes in and says, hey, you don't have to work in a corporate. You can create your own clothing line like I did. And I've now got, you know, he's got his motivational club and kids club and uh, media set up and various things. He's been invited to Buckingham Palace. I've been invited to Buckingham Palace. We've got so much behind us um, that it would just be a shame to kind of not leave that behind and share that with others to inspire others so um yes i'm the suits guy and he's the tracksuit yeah guy. I, I probably would you could have guessed at that one <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um yeah i, I must admit, I look at you know some of the promo stuff that i've seen you put out there it looks quite exciting actually uh, so i'm looking forward to Thank that you. and and then the other one was this whole um thisy bond and thisy blonde come on you've got to t- tell us a little bit about that as well <laughs> so that is hilarious okay i'm gonna let you into a little secret it's not the most modest secret but um, I, I was entered into a competition a, a few years ago for Asiana uh, Bridal Magazine. And I came in one of their bachelor programs or bachelor editions. So I came in one of those, I was, I was in the magazine for the UK bachelor thing. Oh, wow. And I quite, I quite liked that dressing up process. And I was like, my family was so excited. I was like, this is so excited. The adrenaline was rushing. And then I've always loved Bond, like James Bond. And I, I actually live near MI6 so in yeah. fact that's one of my views and um, I was like oh you know then I saw this talk about a different James Bond and uh, Idris Elba and various others and I went you know what we should have a Desi Bond and I went you know what I'll be Desi Bond and then <laughs> what I did was I actually owned the trademark Desi Bond I've wow. actually got the trademark Desi Bond um, so I thought you know let's just have fun with it so I've got my serious stuff in terms of you know, the business side of things going yeah. on. I've got my, you know, motivational stuff going on with suits and tracksuits, but I want yeah. to do something entertaining. So I've got Desi Bond and Desi Blonde. So I've got a friend who loves the Indian culture, who's mm-hmm. blonde, English. Yeah. And um, we're like, hey, why don't we just come together? You know, she's into fashion, very British, but loves different cultures. Mm-hmm. I'm 
you know, I like dressing up in my suits and tuxedos and I like cars and I've actually got a 007 reg plate as well to go on <laughs> once I get my dream car. Um, so we're like, let's just have fun with it. So we started doing it just for a laugh, just for a laugh. You know, we're talking about Indian tea and mm. desi food and trying different things. Again, we've not even taken it off properly, but we've already had so much interest. I think we're just shy of 500 or so followers. Yeah. Um, and that was just from a, a silly video we took in Southall Broadway yep. where Desi Blonde was dancing to a um, Punjabi song and oh the inbox was buzzing you know <laughs> everything from marriage proposals to you're so cool to hey what you know what got you yeah, I mean, like, loads of restaurant shout outs so, so, I mean like, like I said I actively follow you and you know I thought you know the engagement levels were fantastic and again it, it definitely onto something because you know going back to what you alluded to you like looking at trends so for me this is just that entertainment concept the bond concept of it marrying two cultures together as well so you know what more topical could it be i think so i thought yep definitely onto something absolutely thank <laughs> you and that's a great point actually so for me you know if i can do anything which talks about unity and bringing cultures together and it's different cultures and um you know for me that's a huge part of my life where you know i look at people being humans first before anything else and have such a vast and varied friends network and even within my own family. Um, so anything I do, I love showing the unity side of things. So if I can get that across with Desi Blonde and have fun with it, you know, that for me is, is great. Definitely look forward to uh, hearing and seeing more of it. So, uh, and so Javid, you know, first of all, I just want to say thank you. I think your story is fantastic. The fact that you've come from humble background, you've worked hard, you've educated yourself, you've had to toughen yourself up, has just shown the kind of success somebody can go on and achieve. And what I really admire is that you're not resting on your laurels. You're always thinking, you're always looking for opportunities. You're always, you know, you're always trying different things. But, and as you've just said there, it's at a human level. It's more thinking about others than thinking about yourself. And that's what comes across to me. Thank you. I really appreciate that. You know, I'd also have to say, you know, I've been very fortunate to have, you know, a supportive network, a positive network. You know, I'm very grateful to have you in my life. You know, when I see your posts, you know, something inspirational, uh, there'll be a quote or some guidance and, you know, just some real knowledge. And, and I feel like in, in life, you're almost picking things off as though you're walking through fruit trees and picking off fruits. You're picking off knowledge as you're going along. And when I see your post, I stop to read and I stop to listen because there's always something that resonates. And, it, you know, it, it turns, you know, anything, a few words can impact your day. And anything that's positive, I will pay attention to. And, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean it always has to be positive because we are human. We do have, you know, a variety of moods and thoughts that we go through. And that's cyclical and that's understandable. But if the majority of the time we can be positive and these things help, then absolutely. So thank you as well. And thank, well, thank you to my network. But, you know, going back to your point of, you know, you've the fact that you've had a positive network around you. But I think one thing I've got to say to you is that, you know, we cultivate that network. It doesn't just happen. The reason you have a good network around you is because you've been good. Because I'm telling you, if you weren't a good person, that network wouldn't be there to support you. So it's because you've cultivated it, because the energy you're putting out there, that's what's what's that's essentially what you've attracted back. I and mean, that's what I firmly believe in. Absolutely. There's a, there's a quote which I love on that, and it is, your vibe attracts your tribe. Mm -hmm. Yep, I agree with that. And on that note, I think it's a great place to end this so javid thank you very much for joining me on this podcast i'm really hoping people take inspiration and uh, we will catch up soon thank you so much for having me i really appreciate it 
And that was Javed Leher. What a lovely, lovely human being. And, you know, his entrepreneurial spirit, you know, defined by his positivity, hard work and his needing to toughen up really comes to light. And I wish him all the success. The hard work resonated with me quite a bit. It's something that uh, was instilled in me from quite a young age. And I remember if my father asked me to do something and he saw that I wasn't putting in the effort, obviously he'd tell me off. But uh, he'd be like, well, if you're not going to do it properly, there's no point in doing it at all. I remember sweeping the floor of the factory. I think he caught me being quite lazy about it at one time. And he said to me, if you're not going to sweep it properly, don't bother doing it at all. And to that day, you know, I make that floor shine, I think. And it's everything I've done in life um, does require some hard work, does require some persistence that you need to carry on doing what it is that you need to do to achieve what it is that you want to achieve. And what better way to finish off today's episode with this scene from The Empire Strikes Back between Yoda and Luke Skywalker. I hope you enjoy it. (laughs) We'll never get it out now. So certain are you. Always with you, it cannot be done. Do you nothing that I say? Master, moving stones around is one thing. This is totally different. No, no different. Only different in your mind. You must unlearn what you have learned. All right, I'll give it a try. No, try not. Do or do not. There is no try. Thank you for listening to the Second Success Podcast. I'm Dr. Rakesh Rana, The Clear Coach.